Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. Some translations. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His sheep gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name because the Lord is good. His steadfast covenant enduring love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 100. Let's pray together. Father God in heaven. You are our maker. We have full dependence on you. And you take care of us. Oh, you are a good, good God. A merciful God whose love endures until the ages of all ages. Without end. And so in this season, it is right for us. To lift up a voice of praise. And not just in this season, God, should we lift up our voice in praise. But God, it should be every day on our lips. And every night on our hearts as we close our eyes to sleep. Our God is in the heavens. And He does whatever He pleases. And He is a good and He is a merciful and He is a loving, kind God. Oh God put this prayer deep within our hearts that all of the nations might hear it and be glad and sing to you for joy that all your creation might adore you rightly and that at the time of your coming we might be found praising worshiping living lives of thanksgiving unto you so that we might usher in that eternal world without end where we will work and live and play and have our moving in and of you. We praise you as our maker. We praise you as our redeemer. We worship you as the great God of heaven and earth. And it is in your great name we pray. The name that is above every name, that at that name every knee will bow and every tongue confess, both in heaven and earth and under the earth, that you are the Lord. We pray to you. And through you. Amen. We have come to a season of the year that probably if we talked through it together would be your favorite time of the year. I mean, I don't know very many people who don't start eating a lot right now. I mean, we're going to start tonight. Right? And we're going to have a Thanksgiving meal tonight. And if I can work it where I can have a Thanksgiving meal Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and then a big one on Thursday and leftovers on Friday and Saturday get them to warm it up one more time, I'll do it, won't you? This is a great time of the year. This is a wonderful time. This is a time of Thanksgiving. This is a time to think of what God has done and to praise Him. But there are many in our midst who wonder if this is a time for celebration at all, ain't there? There are many on our streets who wonder, what is the celebration all about? 
the newest figures of unemployment came out. They were on the front headlines of the Anderson Star, weren't they? In this county, 10.4%. In Clay County, over 15% of the people without jobs. No way to buy a turkey. They're lucky if they can buy soup and some crackers. And they want to know, what's all the fuss about? What's everybody celebrating this time of the year? You know, we're going to gather with our families, and yet many will gather minus a family member. Some for the first time for Thanksgiving. Oh, all the chairs, they might be filled. But there will be one empty place that has been filled all their lives. And those people want to know, what's everybody celebrating? What's all the fuss about? Some people might have a job and some of you might not have lost a loved one. But depression has gripped hold of you. Your heart is as gloomy as the clouds outside. You don't really have an answer for it. I mean, nobody's died. No, no job has been lost. You're just depressed. You're just down. You just don't know what it is. But there's not much to celebrate in your mind. And you wonder, what is everybody so passionately excited about around this time of the year? The world is begging for an answer. Hurting people are begging, begging for an answer. And can I just confess to you, our answers have often been shallow. We've turned them to the temporary. We've turned them to the fleeting and the passing. Well, you should be excited and you should be happy to just live in a free nation like we live when they complain about no job. Well, you should be thankful for the fact that your mother is living, though your father has died. You should be excited about the fact that so many gather and you can gather with them. What are you depressed about? We give them shallow, trite answers. I've been guilty of it, haven't you? And I think we've given those answers as Christians often because we don't have we don't know the answer. What is Thanksgiving? What is it all about? I mean, what is the celebration all about? I think the answer is in Psalm 100, and that's why I've chosen this as our Thanksgiving sermon this year. We don't really know. The author of this psalm, we do know that it comes at the end of a set of psalms that focus on the Messiah. Beginning in Psalm 93 until the psalm we've just come to in Psalm 100, the repetition of the scripture has been, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. And then as if to break out in full celebration, the psalmist says, and the Jewish church would have sang, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All the earth, or all the nations, all the peoples of the earth. They they overflowed with thanksgiving 
to God and they were calling on, they were beckoning, they were pleading as a light unto the nations. Make a joyful noise with us all the earth is what they're really saying. That's where we're at in Psalm 100. And I don't want to give a trite answer to your depression or the death you faced this year or the unemployment that you're struggling with. I'm just trying to give you the eternal bedrock and foundation of our thanksgiving as Christian people. The Lord. One simple phrase. The Lord. I don't think we should turn people to a turkey on a table. As good as that may be, our friends and family around the table or the fact that they feel better today than they did yesterday. I think we should turn them to the Lord to make a joyful noise of thanksgiving to Him. Would you agree with that? I mean, isn't that it? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with, with singing. First stanza. Exaltation. Praise be to God. Now, what's all the celebration about? The answer to that question is in verse 3. The second stanza of the psalm. Know that the Lord, He is God. Why are you celebrating? Because the Lord is God. We don't... We don't come to Him and we don't come to the world with the trite answers of materialism to cheer them up and make them feel better in this season. We should come to them with the bedrock answer of the Lord is the reason for our celebration. You got less money this year than you had last year. That doesn't matter. The Lord is God. And we're going to make a joyful noise to Him. You got less family than you had last year. Your dad, your mom are angry and cut off from you. What are you celebrating? Because the Lord is not cut off from me. The Lord, He is God. It is He who made us is the answer. And not we ourselves. Or as the ESV renders it, and I think beautifully, we are His. The stress and the strain of this stanza in this passage is not our feebleness. Though that is here, we are dependent in verse 3. But look at verse 3. The Lord, He is God. He is our Maker. That sounds like He's about to tell us how weak we are, but no. We are His. The sheep of His pastures. What's the emphasis What's the emphasis? Protection. Not weakness. Protection. Not need, but care. The emphasis is not on how bad the psalmist has it. The emphasis for him is on how good God is that he's provided and protected and provided every need. Stanza one, make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come to His presence with singing. Why? Know that the Lord, He is God. He is our Maker and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Verse 4, or stanza 3, the third stanza. He runs back into overflowing and overwhelming praise of God. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Come into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. 
Why should we be praising? Why should we be giving thanks? The answer, because the Lord is good. You see how the bedrock foundational answer never changes. The Jewish church celebrated not because times were good, but because God was good and is good. You see the difference? It's not even subtle. It's blatant. His steadfast love. When I read it, I read it as His steadfast, His covenant, His enduring love. That's an interpretation of the Hebrew word. His covenant love never fails. It endures forever. And His faithfulness extends to all generations. Now, we've interpreted, and that was stanza four. There's three stanzas, four stanzas, excuse me. There's exalt, praise, give thanks, the answer, because He is the Lord. Exalt, praise, give thanks. Why? Because He is the Lord. That's the answer. It's a, it's a teaching and a training method. They sang this psalm when they worshiped God. They sang this psalm. Now, I want you to think about them singing. I'm not sure who wrote it. Neither am I sure how old it is. But its roots go back very far into the history of the Jewish people. It has to. Why? I want to give you some reasons. Because the name you notice in your Bible, the Lord, that the name Lord is all caps in your English translation. Why? Because that is Yahweh. I am who I am. That's the name, Jehovah. It's the proper name of God. It stretched back deep into their history because that's the name that God gave to Moses on the mountain. Just before delivering his people, he gave them his name. The Lord. That, I believe, gives us evidence that it's far back into the life of the nation of Israel that this song found its roots. Secondly, down in verse 5, His steadfast covenant love endures forever. It stretches back into the nation's history because, why? Because God had made a covenant with His people. They're calling on the covenant God. Not just God as friend, not just God as Father, they're calling on God as the God of the covenant. You made a promise to our father Abraham. You made a promise to him that you will not break. We know your love endures forever. It's a long history this psalm has in the people praising God. Fourth reason that I think this is an old psalm that's recounted for us here. Make a joyful noise unto all the earth. Or all the earth. Make a joyful noise. All the earth. Why do I think that speaks to its ancientness? I think it does because this psalm was written during a time that Israel understood her calling to be a light to the nations. Later, she would lose sight of her calling. Later in her history, she would turn inward and focus on herself and not the nations. 
But early in her existence, she saw herself as a light of Jehovah unto the nations. And so she's still in that mode of pleading with the people of the world to come to Jehovah, to worship and to praise Him. This is an old psalm, a psalm that would have been sung in celebration of Yahweh, of Jehovah, of the Lord, who is God. And so we've seen that there's four basic parts to this psalm. We've seen that this is an old psalm. We've seen that the bedrock foundational faith, or the bedrock foundational truth which we build our thanksgiving on, is the Lord. And now let's look at his character together. Let's look at his character. Start in verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God. Yahweh is Elohim. He is Elohim. He is the creator for he made us and not we ourselves. You know, he's calling on the psalmist is calling on the fact that God made humanity. There's no chance evolutionary process inside here. Whatever your belief about the creation Whatever your belief about whether it be seven days or long days or short days or uh, God using the evolutionary process after creating the beginning form. Whatever all your technical belief is about the creation, one thing we all as Christians must agree on is God made us. God made us. Yahweh is Elohim. That's what he's saying. Yahweh is not, the Lord is not a second God. There isn't some big God, Elohim, who created all this stuff, and then Yahweh, who comes along to deliver the people. It's the same God. The God who made us has delivered us. That's what he's saying. Why are you making a joyful noise? Because the Lord is God, and he is our creator. And we are his. His character is not only as a maker but as a redeemer. We see his character, don't we? It wasn't, was it, wasn't it enough that he and his kind benevolence would make the earth and that he would make you and I, but that he made us and then redeemed us. This is the song the angels don't know how to sing this redemption song. They don't know that one. They sing the first verse and they fade out on the second verse and listen in amazement to the story of our redemption. When your friend comes to you full of pain, your answer for Thanksgiving cannot be, we made some money and we got enough to put food on the table. Your answer better be, the Lord is God. He made us And he now has redeemed us. If we don't have enough money to open a can of Campbell's soup, he's still God. That was the attitude of the church of Israel. That was their attitude towards God, their creator, their redeemer. Let's continue to look at his character. Not only has he made us and he redeemed us, but he cares for us. We are the sheep of his pastures, right? The tenderness that is present. He's not got a bullwhip in hand 
punishing the people into submission. That was the image of the Greek gods and the Canaanite gods. They were always angry at the people. The gods, their gods were always angry at the people. They were sacrificing their children. They were uh, prostituting themselves to temple prostitutes to try to please their gods, make them love them. And the Hebrew God that they're calling on those nations to praise and worship is totally foreign to the Gentile. He's not angry. He's a shepherd. He's not a cowboy. He's walking along tenderly, lovingly, stroking the backs of his sheep, calling them by name, encouraging them, walking with them, patiently enduring with them. That's the picture of our God. That's the bedrock of this. That's who he is. And so we come to the season of Thanksgiving. And you have lost your job. You have lost your family member. The whole world's coming to the end. Your marriage is on the rocks. And you say, why praise him? Because he made you. Because he redeemed you. Because he cares for you. We often focus in on the justice of God, which is right. He is just. But justice is consumed with mercy in our God. Justice is not standing out as a hardened fist towards His people, but a loving hand extended in mercy. We sang about it. Didn't you catch it? Behold the Lamb who stands and makes the perfect plea, who God looked on, and God the just was satisfied. The hand, not the fist, the hand reaches for us His children and strokes us and loves us and tenderly cares for us. When they ask what you're celebrating, don't tell them you're celebrating a raise or enough food to put on the table or a family that you've got to join. They may not have any of those things. Your praise and your thanksgiving are based on God, on the Lord. He's our maker, our redeemer, and the one who cares for us. Let's skip down to verse 5 and see his character. For the Lord is good. Do you believe that? I mean, it's, just some, it's not an accusatory question. Don't take it that way. I'm not accusing you of anything. I just wonder, do you really believe he's good? This is his character. This, this is not something that they felt all the time. This is something they believed. This is something they accepted. This is something they based their life on. God is good. The Lord is good. His covenant love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. I said this is an ancient psalm, and I do believe it is. I don't know but what it didn't come from the heart of Moses and the priests as they wandered the desert. I don't know where it came. I don't know. But I know it's old. But let's think about, just as we close, let's think about something together. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. It's just a few short days away. You may be struggling with why should I celebrate. 
You should celebrate because Abel celebrated the goodness of God. He brought the first fruits and offered them to God, his maker, and his redeemer. You should celebrate because Abraham, your father, though he had no land to call his own, in faith believed he had a good God who had made a promise and would not fail. And when he met Melchizedek in the wandering, he offered 10% of everything he had as an offering of praise and thanksgiving and adoration. He had no home, and he was giving. You should celebrate Thanksgiving because Jochebed, when her son Moses was born, trusted God and placed him in the bulrushes. And when she received him back, she named him Moses, for we drew him out of the water. Why? Because our God is good and faithful. You should celebrate Thanksgiving because of Moses, just like Moses did. You should celebrate, just like Moses did, this great God, who when he was with a stiff-necked generation in the wilderness, pleaded with God for mercy on their behalf. You should celebrate Thanksgiving because of David. A man like David gives us a great example of Thanksgiving. When having lost his son, in utter faith, he said, I cannot, he cannot come to me, but I will go to him. You should celebrate Thanksgiving like the people of Israel did in Jeremiah 29. When the Lord had sent them to Babylon for captivity. And then he said, but don't go there and mourn. Build houses. Plant gardens. Multiply yourselves. Marry and have children. Because the welfare of the city is your welfare. They celebrated Thanksgiving in captivity. You should celebrate Thanksgiving like the Apostle Paul. You know, as I studied this week, I couldn't help but think. We don't know what he sang in prison, for sure, the exact words. We know he wrote some of his own songs, but don't you just believe that that when Paul was in prison, he sang the songs. And I, I believe that when he came to Psalm 100, mired in the mud, rats and roaches infesting his food, cold and going blind, forsaken by everybody except the Lord, I think he shook the prison with a deep baritone voice singing. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Serve him with gladness. Sing when you come into his presence. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We didn't make ourselves. 
Can't you hear Paul singing in faith? Can't you see him calling the nations to worship a God who had placed him in prison and who stood beside him though no one else would? What am I going to close with here? Well, we are privileged to be right there in verse 1. You see yourself? You're there in verse 1. When the Jewish church sang, they were singing about you. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. What? All the earth. All the nations. We're all the nations. Why should I celebrate Thanksgiving? Because of the Lord. And because we have been called to Thanksgiving. This was the psalm that called the Gentiles to his praise. And so it's only fitting that we close this sermon, this look at Psalm 100, by singing Psalm 100. So our music team is going to come forward. And you might not have ever sang this song. You may not have ever sang this song. But you do know this tune. If you've sang the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's the tune. This psalm, Psalm 100, is called the Old Hundredth. And it was contained in the Genevan Psalter. And it was written by, the tune was written by a Frenchman. And put to the words of Psalm 100, and you'll notice the four stanzas as we sing the four stanzas I pointed out. So Dave is going to lead us, and you're going to need to follow Dave because you're going to want to rush. And this, this song is slow. It's methodical. It's intentional. So don't run through it and focus on praising God and start your Thanksgiving season worshiping because He is the Lord. Let's sing together. Let's stand together, please.